Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 182 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, this is the first episode, I guess, into the offseason or, you know, the second episode, whatever. But um, some stuff has happened. Uh, the Kings are still looking for a coach. Um, the NBA play-in has uh, end- concluded and the playoffs have just started. So, you know, it is the offseason, but doesn't mean that Sack King's therapy is, en- is entering their offseason. We'll be going, uh, I guess, 365 days a year. So this is, will be our first uh, episode of the 2021-2022 offseason. And of course, with me to go through some topics is Bob. Hello. Okay, so uh, let's start with the Kings. Uh, so the Kings, not much going on. Uh, we already talked about it. Like Alvin has been dismissed. Kings are looking for a head coach. And uh, pro- and they said they are. it's going to be an extensive, comprehensive head coach. And I've listened to quite a few podcasts, specifically from like James Hamm. Uh, he's talked about it. That comprehensive, thorough, uh, extensive really just means we're just going to wait until the playoffs to probably see if some coaches get fired and maybe they'll be available. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing so far, but I mean, we have choices, right? We still have choices from, you know, predicted, I guess, coaches that they're looking for. But I mean, there's also some coaches from uh, that potentially, you know, may get fired and we could snag. I don't know. Like, you know, I guess, like, what, what would your list be right now if I were, if you were to come up with one? Like, so for example, I, I, don't really want any of this except there. So there's three guys that I'm thinking of. Two of them I don't want, and then one of them I kind of want. So the number we'll go with the one I do kind of want if he gets fired. Quinn Snyder. Now the the Jazz are kind of coming to the end of an era, and chances are they're not going to win the championship. And of course, I say that they might. They just might for all, for all we know. But. Mm-hmm. You know, like Quince, like they got new management. Danny Ainge is there, and they got a new owner. And usually, how this how this usually goes is that the, you know the general manager wants to, or president of basketball operations. I don't know which one, but they, he, they're going to want to put in their own guy. And Quinn is probably not Danny's guy. So chances are, after the season when they probably don't win the championship, he is probably going to get fired. And honestly, there's going to be a pretty big shakeup in the in Utah. Really. Oh man, I, I really thought, uh, I, I want I want to say he's the forever coach for Utah, but it's it kind of feels that way because you know he's been their coach for um, X amount of years, and I'm kind of surprised that he may get fired. And I mean, it'd be pretty nice if he'd be in the Kings, but yeah, that's kind of surprising. The issue like the Kings run into in terms of wanting to hire him there's going to be better options out there most likely like you know philly philly might be waiting but we'll get to that (laughs) you know philly might have an opening but um like the lakers you know lakers they probably just pay more you get to live in la and um what what is another one um i guess that's the only well the kings and the lakers are the only two openings but more than likely like the lakers are a better option just because like you have lebron you have ad you have just more guys to work with granted i would argue against that just because like you have more intriguing options here in sacramento and honestly you get you get the kings to playoffs you're you're a legend right away 
you're like, put yourself in the Hall of Fame first ballot right now if you get us to the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, another guy, I, just, uh, like, Doc Rivers is another one that would be uh... interesting. I have issues with some of his coaching, but he actually, I think, be pretty good for the Kings. Like, he would get us to a certain point. Now, once you get to that certain point, which is probably playoffs, like there comes the, there comes some issues after that. But what what do you think? Uh, in my opinion, I, I would skip over it. I mean, I feel like there's better options. Like you said, there's he gets to a certain point. He may be able to maintain that certain point for you know X amount of years. So let's just say he maintains us in the lower eighth seed or whatnot. Mm. I feel like we could have had a different coach that could develop these players better each year and rather than, you know, having to consistently just stay in the same spot. I feel like we need to go big if we're the Kings right now. Mm. So I'll I'll, I'll be honest, like if we go, if we go like Kenny Atkinson, we go Charles Lee, is it Charles Lee? I don't. Uh, I forgot his name, but like <laughs> if you go those guys, like I don't feel that would be a splash. However, there is one very splashy name out there. He's not coaching right now, and he's a splashy name. And the Lakers are, apparently LeBron wants him. Like the, I'm presenting the worst case scenario right now. the The only way I would want him to become our head coach is probably Sabonis because he's the only one that seems to be like really caring of like what the next coach is. De'Aaron doesn't seem to care. Harrison Barnes doesn't seem to really care. The only scenario where I want, where I'm okay with this coach being the next, uh, being the next Kings head coach, Mark Jackson. The only scenario is if Sabonis asks for Mark Jackson. Really? Hmm. Because the, the reality is like most coaches I feel in the league are good. Like we go back to Luke Walton, even like Luke Walton, I thought was a was a decent enough coach. Like, you know, when the stars kind of went down, he got, he got the guys to play pretty hard and they like, they, you know, punched above their weight. Like the legendary Justin James, 32 point game, like stuff like that. DeLon Wright played well, Terrence Davis played well. Like he can get guys out of like, he can get some, get something out of like, you know, lesser players and role player i think i feel like all coaches can do that to some degree like doc rivers is actually really good at this people forget he got the the year that we the kings won 39 games that clippers team really didn't have like didn't really have any business being in the play or being in the playoffs at that point like it wasn't a talent like rich team and even the year before that like he he can coach younger he can coach like lesser role players if you will the, the big thing is, however, is that what makes a coach, like, great, like a Ty Lue, he can get stars to play really well. He can get stars to buy it. You know, you play Destiny, I call it the end game. That's, that, those are the ascendant shards right there. Like, that's what, <laughs> those are the, those are the things you get to the ascendant shard. That's your, you know, plus 100, like, stat, right? Unless you guys have changed that. I, I don't know, but uh, I haven't played in a while, but. Like the end games, the end game, like skill that coaches, that great coaches have is that they're able to get stars to buy in. And, you know, like Mark Jackson, I feel is a good coach. He's just a very toxic personality. And if Sabonis asks for him, 
I'm gonna have to say yes. Like, you know, you keep you keep Sabonis happy, you get him to buy into the system, and you just go from there. Like, whatever toxicity comes, it's gonna come, but like, at least your star is happy. Hmm, I see. <clears throat> the problem is I can't imagine what Mark Jackson can do for our team. Then again, I don't even know what kind of coach is he. Is he more defensive, offensive? Like, what do, you, what do you think he can provide us early on next season? So I think he can be a very good defensive coach. Of course, you need defensive talent to work with that. Yeah. That's why I'm actually, I actually would be okay with Frank Vogel. Honestly, if you can get mm-hmm. him the, if you can get him the uh, defensive talent. The, like, I mean, he did, he did a lot for the Warriors. Like, you know, before they fired him. Like, he really, like, established, he changed the culture there. He really did. It's just that he was a very toxic personality, and I, I'll I'll send you a Twitter thread later of just some of the shit that happened behind the scenes, of, uh-huh. like with him. He's a he's a very toxic um he's a very toxic presence, and you know maybe he's changed. Like you know you never know. Like some people do change, but like even then he was like fifty something. Chances are he hasn't. So, and also I will say this: you hire Mark Jackson, you're probably losing Harrison Barnes. You're probably gonna have to trade him because. Arizona Bar does not enjoy his time under Mark Jackson. So there, there's going to be that extra thing. But yeah. that is going to be the worst case scenario. I do not want Mark Jackson. And some pe- keeps, people keep bringing up Mark Jackson. And sure, he, you know, maybe he deserves a second chance. There's, as James Ham has put it, there's a reason why he hasn't gotten a second chance. Yeah. That, that from what you explained, I'm pretty sure he's in the bottom of my West at the moment right now. <laughs> I would so the, the the rumor is like LeBron really wants Mark Jackson. That would be hilarious if he if he becomes the head coach of, of the Lakers. And That's weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's an underground, if you will, a bit of a I don't want to say dark web type thing, but like the how the NBA is run is through like talent agencies, and uh, Mark Jackson is under LeBron's uh, agency. Ah. Well, LeBron doesn't own it, quote unquote. He's just part of it. Well, he has that connection, so maybe that's the reason why he wants to like, wants him in the Lakers. So, and that's my thing. If LeBron asks for it, you kind of have to do it. I don't know if the Lakers are gonna do it, and like they're gonna hire somebody, but like, I don't like you might ju- you just might have to, honestly. Well, you <laughs> okay? Wearing off away from the Kings for a moment, even with the acquisition of Mark Jackson, the Lakers are still kind of far behind in terms of you know what they had to do with Westbrook and you know fixing up the team for next season. There's a there's a fair there's a very dark timeline where they have to keep Westbrook, and that is going to be hilarious. <laughs> you know, we'll, we won't we won't talk too much about the Lakers, but I mean, like again, like Mark Jackson is the worst case scenario in my opinion, and like I really hope we don't fall into that. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm actually quite excited. Like, more, we don't know what's going to happen during the playoffs, and. You know, Lord knows, like maybe a random coach for no reason gets fired and like he's available and maybe they want to take the Kings' job. Mm, maybe. Well, we'll keep an eye out. All right. So that's basically all the Kings uh, news that has happened over since the last episode, basically. 
Um, yeah, just not much Kings news because they're not in the play-in. They're not in the playoffs. They're kind of they're going to be hibernating for the rest of the playoffs. And we're probably going to get news about like, oh, the guys have worked out and stuff like that. They're building chemistry. We'll we'll wait for those things um, when they come. Until then, it's probably just waiting until the draft, and we will have some draft coverage. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. All right, now with the King stuff, I guess, out of the way, let's talk about the play-in. Um, it was some pretty fun games. Uh, the seven, eight games were really fun. Uh, yeah, I got to say so. I mean, one of them, in my opinion, seemed a little, I mean, I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. Uh, Nets beat the Cavs um, for the seven seed. Uh, I mean, I... I per- we all we both predicted the Nets. We did, we never gave the Cavs a chance, unfortunately, even though they really deserved it. But like I'll be honest, kind of off the Cavs or off the Nets at this point. I don't think they're winning a championship because in this game, like they started out, I believe, like for- they scored like forty something points, I think, in the first quarter, and the Cavs outscored them for the rest of the game. And I was watching that game, and like the the Nets would pull away like for stretches and then immediately just let the Cavs back into the game. Like, that defense is is dog shit. Man, it's really dog shit. Yeah, I mean, as long as Kyrie and Durant are consistently, you know, attacking and scoring, I mean, other than that, like, <laughs> yeah, that's about it for that team. But that was the issue. Whenever whenever it wasn't Kevin Durant or wasn't Kyrie, and the Cavs did a pretty good job of, like, forcing the ball out of their hands. Like, you're relying on Bruce Brown. Like, Patty Mills is hitting shots. I believe Seth Curry didn't hit a shot the entire game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is dicey, to say the least. Like, I, I get it. Like, they happen to have two of the best individual scorers in the league. But, man, that defense just it, – it's – I don't think – like, when you go up against, like – Boston, they're gonna go up against Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go up against Miami, when you go up against you know even the Sixers and the Bucks, like they're gonna run into some problems because like those teams can score, and like even in this game, the Cavs are not a good offense, and like that that showed up in the Hawks game we'll talk about later. But like they're not a good offense, and they almost look competent to a certain degree against the Nets. Yeah, and guess who might come back during this series? maybe Ben Simmons, but it's going to be in the latter half, and you know, who knows how Ben Simmons will do in terms of defense and offense, because, I mean, really, the only defense in that whole entire team may have to rely on Ben Simmons. And you're relying on Ben Simmons off a bad back, too. Like, I I had a, like, you know, go over personal experience, like, I had a back injury, like, about a few weeks ago. It was hard to move. I, I don't know, like, a guy that's not played basketball for an entire year, as a back issue is just gonna <laughs> slot right in on defense. And even then, you gotta you gotta worry about the offense a little bit. Like, how's he gonna fit in there? Like, sure, he doesn't have to shoot, he just has to pass, but you still need to like build up rhythm and stuff like that. So that's gonna be tricky. I I don't think he's gonna play, honestly. Mm. Do you expect him to play any at all with this playoff? I don't think so. Honestly. Oh really? We'll, we'll get we'll get into it in a little bit, but I don't think Simmons is going to come back. Or, mm-hmm. Honestly, he shouldn't. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's move on to the uh, the uh, Wolves versus Clippers for the seventh seed. 
the Clippers like got control like in the second half, but then the Wolves basically just started like started making some big plays down the stretch, and they were able to win that game. Like go like kind of, it was a close game, and like they were able to kind of outduel the Clippers. Like the Ty Lu like did his thing, and but like there were just some key breakdowns uh, late, later on. Like there was one. Anthony Edwards play where like Swish just wasn't communicated very well between Norman Powell and Reggie Jackson and Anthony Edwards got a dunk that looked like it exploded the world essentially but uh yeah um the big talking point about this one is how the Wolves celebrated after the win Patrick Beverly got on the scores table threw his jersey into the crowd and started crying, started talking all the shit to the Clippers who didn't want him. And uh, what were your thoughts about that? Let, let's talk about. It. Let's start with that. I mean, I I totally forgot that the Clippers in was it resigned him. Uh, yes, last season? like they traded him to the mm-hmm. Grizzlies, who then traded him to the Wolves. Yeah. So I mean, nice to see that there's some sort of competition between Clippers and the uh, Wolves in terms of what Beverly believes, but man, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He, he he gets pretty competitive, I guess. He's a little over the top, but like, I don't blame the Wolves at all. Like the the Wolves, like they're, they're right there with us in terms of the, like with the Kings, in terms of like how much success they've had as a franchise. And you, you're able to beat a veteran latent team with Paul George, no less. And you were able to outclass them and like get to the playoffs and be the seventh seed. Like that was a big win. And like it's a big moment. Celebrate all you want. And of course, being a Kings fan, we can imagine if what what our what our what Golden One Center would look like when when you know if the Kings ever do make it to the playoffs. It would look exactly like something like this. Mm-hmm. Especially if we beat the Lakers in the play. <laughs> Oh, that, oh, but that would be anarchy. There would be fights. <laughs> there would be fights. There would be riots. Come on. <laughs> um, now, one more thing about Pat Bev. I don't blame the Clippers for letting him go. He looked, uh, granted, he looked good in the Sun series, but, like, against Luka. Granted, Luka, like, not a good matchup with Pat Bev. I, I, he, like, watching him play against the Mavs last year, I was like, man, Pat Bev is done. He might need to retire after this god damn like Luca torched his ass and like yeah I thought he was done but like he did well against Devin Booker last year and like you know he means a lot more to this Wolves franchise than he would to the Clippers franchise and I get why he'd be salty about it but I also don't blame the Clippers for letting him go yeah I wonder how far the Wolves will go I mean they they've been pretty uh well up to this point but uh Papev's uh, getting to that age. I mean, he's, I don't know. I mean, we'll y'all, to... y'all always talk about, I always talk about like year two, like Chris Paul for like so, for like so long. Like what's going to happen when you get to year two, Chris Paul, like, you know, on a, on a new team. And they seem to be able to like, you know, weather the storm. Like, I still think he, he's going to affect that team. Uh, like as just a, a voice in the locker room. And he'll probably still like, even if he's not starting, he'll probably come off the bench and is still a competent player that the team will listen to. But the thing is, they got young guys coming up. Like, Anthony Edwards is really good. Like, D'Angelo Russell been a very surprising player. Cat, eh, I, I'm, I think I'm out on Cat, to be honest. Oh. I, don't, I, I don't believe in him. And he had a, t- he had a bad game. 
Like he like I I mentioned it I mentioned it to you. He's either gonna absolutely explode or he's gonna have an absolute terrible game. And he had a terrible game. Somehow fouled out like with seven minutes to go, and the team was better with him off the floor. Yeah, we're just sad, but hey, a win's a win. <laughs> yeah, a win's a win, but like he's like it, it. Look, there's nothing wrong with this. He's not an alpha. He's definitely a beta. Like that. That's just what he is. And he's just not. He's not the guy you want to like. You know, lead your franchise. And luckily, they were able to find Pat Bev and Anthony Edwards, who look like the dudes. But like, there's a reason why they were down in the dumps with him. With him on the team. Like he's just not that guy. Mm-hmm. And like, to talk about another kind of guy where I'm, where I'm just like, why the fuck are you complaining so much? Sure, you might get fouled once or twice, but you're you're not that kind of star to be able to complain. You're in the Julius Randle like camp of just like, okay, sure you do get fouled, but shut the fuck up and play. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I mean, I would say he might be a little lower in terms of that camp. Uh, because oh, no, he's not. He's better than Julius Randle. Relax, relax. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you think so? Oh, of course. No, Julius Randle is a guy like I do not. I would never want to trade for. Cat, you can talk. You're, a cat is a very interesting player. If you have, if he's your second oh best player. Oh my you. gosh, we we're talking about cat. I'm so sorry. I, I thought you meant Pat Bev. Oh, Pat. Oh no, 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 no. Pat. Well, Pat Bev complains a lot too. But Cat, uh, Cat is another guy. I, I, as I said, just complains a lot about fouls. When just shut up and play. Don't don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, I, I understand that. I, I, I actually think Cat would be better than Julius Randle. I don't even know why I said that. When I thought we were still talking about I'll, Pat Bev complaining. I'll, I'll say this. Probably want Pat Bev on my team than Julius Randle. Granted, it's because the price <laughs> is the reason why. But like. I mean, I'd probably take Pat Bev over, over uh, Julius Randle at this point. Hey. <laughs> a lot of it is the money, is the money thing. You have to trade a lot for uh, Julius Randle, but you don't have to do that much for Pat Bev. But uh, I mean, it's just it, again, Cat just—he's on—he's—he's he's down a tier for me. I don't think he's that guy at all. We'll see what this turns into. There is a very real possibility they might just trade him. Hmm. Oh, we'll have to see. I mean, it's still the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, well, let, let, let's talk about. Let's talk. Let's keep it on the Wolves. Like Wolves actually beat the beat the Memphis Grizzlies today, which very surprising on the road. And it looks like everyone played really well um, on the grit on well not on the Grizz on the Grizzly, but on the Timberwolves. Like Anthony Edwards, like hit a bunch of threes. He, never mind, he only hit four threes. It just it was just all in the highlights, but like. Cat, you know, had a bit of a bounce back game, like 11 for 18. Good for him. And Anthony Edwards was absolutely on fire. And yeah, good on them for being able to win that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one guy that kind of stuck out to me is, was Dewo. I mean, two for 11, 10 points. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he needs to step up to, you know, maintain this. Uh, I guess it wasn't a streak, but well, maintain the series. He's a streaky player, and the issue always with him was that, for me, anyways, like he can't really generate uh, good, like easy shots because he's not a guy that blows by guys. Like that was the issue with him. He always has to like shoot. He basically has to like shoot a jump shot a lot of the time. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And this game they didn't, and they won the game. So I would be very worried if I was the Memphis Grizzlies because, like Chris Vernon has talked about it, 
he's kind of a Grizzlies killer, and he did not do much this game, and somehow you guys lost this game. I'll be very concerned. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I expect the bounce back uh, for Devo. Maybe a more, maybe dirty from Anthony, dirty from Cat, and dirty from Devo next game. But we'll so, see. Oh, but. so they're gonna sweep this? They're gonna sweep the Grizzlies? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I, I want them to sweep the Grizzlies. I'm, I'm kind of wanting Minnesota to move on, other uh, than the Grizzlies. I mean, that'd be that'd be incredible because like a lot of people like they were really high on the Grizzlies and rightfully so. They've been great in the regular season. But the thing is, when you get to the playoffs, it comes down to about like you like in the regular season, they always talk about depth and like how many players you can play. Like, you know, they plugged in a lot of they plugged in a lot of rent, if you will, random guys like Conchar, like, you know, contributed. Jared Culver was able to was able to contribute. Xavier Tillman. But when you get to the playoffs and you look at the box score, those guys didn't even play. And then you just have a bunch of other guys who just didn't. I mean, like on the box score, they look like they performed well enough. But like Steven Adams, zero points, like three rebounds somehow. And like, you know, Desmond Bay, he's been a great story all, all year, like 17 points. They're going to need more from him. Like the, I, the Grizzlies, like they were really good in the regular season because of a lot of their depth and they just got contributions from a lot of guys. But when you get to the playoffs, like Jaron Jackson cannot shoot four for 13 and somehow only played 24 minutes. What? Was it Foucher? What happened? Um, I have no idea. But like you look at, yeah, like you have to unfortunately rely a lot more on John Morant and Ja actually showed up. He just, it just wasn't enough. Like they, they every, like their guys need to step up more and we'll see, we'll see like if the, if the Grizzlies can respond. Yeah, we'll see, but man, look at that box score. 16 for 20 from free throws. That's a lot from Jaw. Look, Jaw's a star. It's going to be up on the other guy. Like, Desmond Bain's got to step up a little bit. Jaron Jackson, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, I what, I thought that was going to be a very interesting battle between the two of them, like, uh, between him and Carl and Cat. But, you know, Cat won this one. Yeah, I, I feel like Cat would... Uh, be able to run over both Jared Jackson and Steven Adams. I don't know much about Steven Adams in terms of, you know, guarding the perimeter, but I I, I thought I thought Jared Jack I thought Jared Jackson could theoretically like shut him down. Mm. Because like Jared Jackson was a great all season. And like, you know, you know, the, the most disappointing thing I you know, not not to I don't mean to like shit on Marvin, but like you know, Jaron Jackson was injured for a while, and then he came back like all buff and like all like beefy. And then you look at Marvin, like what the hell were you doing <laughs> while injured? <laughs> but like he got beefy, and then you know he's also like one of the best rim protectors in the league, like really mobile, and you know again just beefed up all of a sudden. Like I thought he'd be a great matchup against Cat, but you know Cat won the Cat won round one. They're gonna need more from Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Um, Pelicans win against the uh, Spurs and s- surprisingly the Clippers. The Clippers were without uh, were without Paul George. Like you know, that's a that's a big that's a big reason why they won. But like you know, credit to the Pelicans. They start out the season I think three for sixteen or something like that, and they're able to make the play in. You know, congratulations to them and, and like make the play in and you know make the playoffs. No, all the credit in the world to them. Oh yeah, and let's see, it was a pretty close game, I'd say, against the Clippers. 
even without Paul George. Uh, but man, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, uh, they they try to you know ball out and you know try to get a win against the, the Pelicans. But other than that, I mean, in terms of uh, the Pelicans side, it's, uh, I don't want to say it was a team effort, but it was it was pretty much mostly Brandon Ingram uh, helping the team out. Oh, I disagree. I thought it was a great team effort. Like Larry Nance just stepped up out of nowhere. Like, you know, and like the other guys, um, what's it called? Trey Murphy. That mm. that dude didn't miss down the stretch and like was just so was like great. And I was even I was even making fun of the uh um the Pelicans early in the season. I was like, what did you guys do with your first round? Why is your second rounder the one that's starting? Like you you guys fucked up on that first round, but Trey Murphy, he can shoot. And Herb Jones, one of the one of the best defenders, like one of the best wing defenders in the league as a as a rookie. So like they got something going. And like I'm very worried next year. Like the the Kings are gonna have a very tight margin for error because they're gonna need to nail this this offseason. Like, because the rest of the West is really good. You look at how good, like this this Pelicans team is gonna be fighting for the playoffs and slash playing. And you're gonna have to somehow beat them to be able to make it. And it's gonna be tough. You, they have CJ, they, you know, they have Valanciunas, who's good, who's really good, and like they have like these young guys that are contributing, and they may have a Zion coming back. So it's gonna be tough. Uh yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I don't want to be reminded yet. Well, we'll see. Uh, uh, one more thing, I did not, I do not enjoy watching Reggie Jackson. Like, he just, something about the way he just runs up the offense. Like, I know he's been a lot better, but, like, I just feel there's way too many possessions of him, like, dribbling, 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 and then shooting a step back three because he's trying to be, like, too cute with his dribble and his moves. Like, I did not enjoy watching Reggie Jackson this game. Yeah, actually, he was a big fan, like, well, years ago. Nowadays, it's more like, yeah, he, he probably thinks he's, you know, the big dog, but... Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, his team. Well, the team right now is like he. Yeah, he could distribute some of the scoring towards maybe Terrence Mann. I mean, can't wish to see more Terrence Mann. He only shot five uh, field goals this game, and I mean, he was real great last year. Well, you know, well, you know, he's not being guarded by Rudy Gobert, so it's a big problem. So. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, so congratulations to the Pelicans. You guys fought through adversity. Congratulations to Willie Green. They were talking about that uh, that fourth quarter speech that he gave, and it was like shades of Monty Williams. And you know he's from that staff, so like congratulations to him. Like he really like you know he kept these guys together, and he got them through it. Like it was a dark. It started out so badly. Like in preseason, it was so bad with like Devontae Graham starting like. God, what it, it looks so bad, and then like in the regular season they had all these injuries and just you know be able to right the ship that way, you know all the props to them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm surprised Garrett Temple's still in the league. I just noticed. Well, you know he's kind of that leader off the bench, like you know, not not to say like the like he, the Kings could use him. They might, they very much could, but like you know he's just another guy who's you know just. Get, gets everyone like back on track, like gets everyone kind of ready, gets the young guys like ready to play. So, you know, mm-hmm. congratulations to him. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Okay, uh, the last of the play, and we'll talk about a Hawks win against the Hornets and Cavs. They absolutely destroyed the Hornets. Uh, Miles Bridges was very pissed after the game. Looks like he was about to kill a fan, basically. Threw his mouthpiece, ended up getting fined. Um, and then they beat the Cavs in Cleveland. Um, it was a very, basically Cleveland kind of dominated the game through three quarters. But then like, you know, the, the Hawks started to kind of get a rhythm on offense and it was over from there. And like Trey, just, just an absolutely brilliant basketball player on offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of expected in my opinion. Uh, I mean, look, if, if you're it, watching the game, you would not have said that. I'll just say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, sadly, didn't get the chance to watch the game. But you know, if Trey isn't scoring over dirty, then I don't think the Hawks would have much of a chance. But he he balled out really in both games. Yeah, and like again, just a brilliant basketball player. And you you watch that game. It was like at some point you're like, Lowry marketing can't really guard him on the perimeter, right? And it turns out that he really can't. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, like the that that's the I guess my my main takeaway is that this is why like the Cox are such a dangerous team. They don't play they don't play much defense. They're they're very bad on defense. But like they if you run your offense well enough. Like you can get enough, you can like get enough rhythm on both offense and defense to kind of outlast the team like the Cavs, which relies on their defense. But if you can't score like consistently enough, like you're at a disadvantage against a you know a one game series like that, and you're you would be in trouble if you made the playoffs. Like in the playoffs, it's it's about offense. I know, quote unquote, ch- defense wins championships. If you don't got if you don't got an offense that be able to score, it doesn't mean shit. Your defense doesn't mean jack shit. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the starters, you know, balled out. But surprisingly, only three uh, bench players played. Oh, that's weird. I mean, congratulations to Delon Wright, you know, legendary Sacramento King, and you know, legendary legendary Sacramento King as well, Bogey. Like he was good mm-hmm. this game. Like. You know, it's just it just makes me kind of annoyed that I mean, granted circumstances, but like, you know, the fact that we kept Buddy and didn't didn't keep Bogey, like it's a, it's a bit. Oh, yeah, it, it hurts a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I was talking more towards the Cavs in terms of uh, they only played three uh, bench players uh, throughout the whole game, pretty much. Unless my odd score is wrong. I mean, like, the reality is, like, they don't have a very deep bench. And the issue with their entire, like, lineup, their entire team, they don't have enough scores. Like, Karis LeVert just wasn't getting it done. Like, Darius Garland is their only real shot creator. Mm, I see. Well, I guess they did their best in terms of against what the Hawks provided. Yeah, and it just wasn't enough, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, sad, sad for them, but this was a very successful season for them. And, you know, like, we thought they were going to be in the shitter, but, like, they got, you know, a transcendent uh, player in Evan Mobley, and, you know, their future is going to be pretty bright. Oh, yeah. However, I will say, I don't know what they're going to do with Colin Sexton. Colin uh, Sexton would theoretically be very big in this kind of game, but, I mean, it's it's the Davion thing. It's, like, it's just he's too small. Yeah, I he's mean, too if he's small, <laughs> I mean, if he's willing to come off the bench, which I know he won't, 
he is probably not going to be a Cleveland Cavaliers next season. And yeah, and the issue is Darius Garland is also too small. You can't have two <laughs> small guards like that. It's it, it and like both of them don't play defense. That's the big thing. Like Davion and Fox can work because Davion plays defense and Fox can play defense. Neither one of them are good defenders, and it's like I don't know what they're going to do with Colin Sexton. I mean, they could get a lot of assets from, uh, I guess, whatever trades out there. I mean, whatever they Kevin need. Love, Kevin Love and Colin Sexton to the Lakers. Ooh. Granted, that does not solve their defensive issues at all. But, you know, at least you got offense. What, Kevin Love and Colin Sexton for Westbrook? Yeah. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, they don't, they don't got much options. They really don't. So, like, they might just have to do that, like the Lakers, I mean. I mean, speak about defense. I don't think Westbrook will ever <laughs> do anything for the Cleveland Cowboys like he did for the Lakers. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if you listened to the, prep, the what's it called, the post-game interview or the answer interview. Westbrook ain't going to change. Like, this dude is just, you know, he, he still thinks he's hot shit. Uh-huh. Still, and like he even like threw Frank Vogel under the bus and just said like, "Oh, I always got got along with my coaches. I I don't know why he didn't like me." We didn't, and like you know, he was also like pissed about like him not like closing games. It's like I've earned I've earned it with my play. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, on, on this team, yeah. like you earned it like sure like three years ago, but you're not that player anymore, and you need to do other things like. He talked about like sacrificing and you know just sacrificing for the whole of the team. His words, like how he handled that, how he handled the interview, like this is a this is a guy in absolute denial, and it's he's gonna come to a real realization that he's gonna have to sign the minimum, like after after the season, mm. and like is his is his ego gonna be able to handle it? Yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't even imagine any team that would want to start him. Still, I mean, he's coming of age. He's getting to that point where, yeah, he's not that MVP like he was. Jeez, it's been a while now. It's been at least five years, right? Uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, five years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it's gonna be a sad end. Like he is gonna he's gonna go down with the ship. And there is a very real possibility there are no trades come because apparently the Lakers don't want to include their picks, which you're gonna have to. Yeah, the future is pretty grim for the Lakers, which rubbing my hands. <laughs> yeah, you you made your bet on this one. Like y'all traded for Westbrook. You guys had a better trade, like you know, with just getting Buddy. And granted, doesn't solve all your issues, but you wouldn't be stuck in this position. Like where you have a giant fucking contract that nobody wants, and a player that refuses to accept that he's not good anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least Buddy has some value in terms of trades. Depending oh no, on... he he has value. Like he can shoot. Every mm-hmm. team can use a guy that can shoot. Oh yeah. <sighs> like what, what does what does Westbrook provide? Like like the, theoretically, Westbrook would at least get you to the playoffs. Like you know he he's a floor raiser. But he ain't even that anymore. So like he is he he's he's a, he's an absolute like useless asset at this point. And it, you know it's very mean for me to say that about a person. But he, yeah, I'm sorry. Like you're not a you're not a productive NBA player anymore. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, whichever team that picks up Westbrook, we'll we'll see. 
Okay. Uh, let's move. Let's move on to. Uh, okay. So let, to end this episode, um, Jazz win against the Lucaless Mavs. Um, it was a pretty close game, but the the uh, Jazz were able to pull it out. A lot of tweets about how impactful Rudy Gobert is because you know the the Mavs did not shoot well like in the paint. But like they were, they were right there. A few, a, one or two more plays, it very much could change the entire series. And you know, I don't really know what to think about it. I, all I, I guess, my only thought is that I, I don't think Luca should come back. If that calf strain is really anything, don't come back. Like mm-hmm. save the rest of your career, even oh, if you yeah. lose the series. <laughs> yeah, it was it was way too close for comfort for Utah. Like, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddle and. Why did I say Dinwiddie and uh, Jalen Brunson really, really showed off? And, uh, and Dinwiddie was not great for the most part, at least when I watched. Like he missed yeah. a lot of free throws too. Like he makes some of those free throws. Like Lord knows, like where it would be, but like I think like Rudy Gobert, sure, like he is, he is the defense. He is very much exploitable, and like I guess in a game where the math shoot better from three, like they very much could render him useless out there again. Like just like how the Clippers did. Mm, yeah. I kind of expect the, the maps to pull out maybe one or two games this series and, you know, extend this series for the jazz. <laughs> That's my prediction. That's my prediction. Again, I predict them to win even without Luca. Ooh. Cause I think like once the jazz start to feel the heat, they're going to crumble. And granted, like, we don't know if, like, the maps can even provide any, like, if they can make the Jazz sweat at all, just because they're, without Luka, they're they're not as dynamic. But, like, it's, the Jazz are so fragile. Like, once they, once they hit a, once they hit a curb, I think they're going to crumble. Yeah. Well, let's say, let's just say Mavs do make the playoffs. Let me check the standings or win against this series. They would have to play against Phoenix or New Orleans. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to take a guess. Uh, well, I, I already know who probably will win that one. But, you know. uh, okay. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> even if Luka does come back, let's just say next series, I, I still think he should sit out for the rest, uh, just the rest of the playoffs in general. Just look, again. Like, you know, being a Warriors fan, I have PTSD about calf strains. Like, in the 2019 finals, KD came back for after, a, was it a light calf, a light calf strain, apparently, or strain or whatever. And he blew out his Achilles in game five after playing, what, 12 minutes. Like, don't fuck with that shit. Don't fuck with it. Just, mm-hmm. just rest up. Mm-hmm. You got the rest of your career to go off of, and it's fine. You can rest up. Yeah, especially after seeing him in a boot going to hospital. Yeah, that that does not look good. Yeah, but honestly, even if the Jazz win, like, do you have any like confidence they'll beat Phoenix? I think Phoenix will absolutely eat them. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe the Pelicans will win against Phoenix. <laughs> oh come on, come on! <laughs> I mean, the Pelicans' great story this this season. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one game? I, one I would game. say one I'll, game. I'll, I'll give him one game. Yeah. I'll give him one. Like one one in New Orleans. Um, you know, we already talked about the Wolves versus the Grizz. Uh, so this Justin, well, not Justin, but um 76ers absolutely destroy the Raptors. So 
Good for them. Tyrese Maxey, 38 points. Wow. Jesus. Wait, really? Embiid, only 19 points. 5 for 15. Wow. Really? <laughs> Tyrese Maxey, 38 points? Yeah. I need um, to look at this bot score. That's incredible. Good, good on Tyrese Maxey. Wow, it looks, it looks like a really good bot score, yeah. I will say, I don't think they're ever shooting 16. They're, I don't think they're ever making 16 threes ever again in the series. Oh, the Sixers, I mean. So mm. you might want to worry a little bit. And especially once they get to Toronto when Matisse can't play. You know, that could be a good or a bad thing. But like, you know, once we'll, we'll see how this goes. Good, good on the Sixers should be able to win this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's going to um, end it for our coverage of the play-in so far. We'll probably come back a little bit later once the series have progressed a little bit. And, of course, we'll be happy to share our thoughts about, you know, the rest of the NBA. And, you know, if something happens with the Kings, maybe they hire a coach really quickly or something else happens, like, we'll definitely be on to talk about it. Let's see. Should we make our predictions for each uh, first round right now? Oh, yeah, we didn't do that yet, no, did we? Um, let me pull it up here. How about well, I start with the Western Conference? Yeah, start with the Western. Yeah, you, you, so, you, you tell me. So, Phoenix versus New Orleans. Phoenix, how about gonna, Phoenix and four or Phoenix and five? Phoenix and five. I'm gonna say Phoenix in five, too. Uh, Dallas and Utah. I'm gonna stick with Utah, Utah, and, Utah, and seven. Or, no, 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 Dallas, and seven. Seven. Dallas, Dallas, and seven. Dallas, and seven. Dallas in seven, really? Dallas in seven. I'm gonna say Utah in six. <sighs> I, I don't trust the Jazz. I don't. I I mean I know you don't trust them, but they still have Donovan Mitchell and they also have Rudy Gobert, which is why I don't trust them. <laughs> but yeah. I mean you never know. I, I'm I'm still gonna stick with six in for Jazz. Okay, I like this. I like this. All right, uh, Warriors in Denver. Uh, I think Warriors, uh, MPJ and uh, Jamal Murray are coming back. And is Steph playing right now? Uh, I have not checked. I'm checking. I'm checking right now. Okay. He oh, and- is not playing. Uh, so, wait, MPJ and Jamal oh, no. Murray. Oh no! Oh no! He's playing. He's just coming off the bench. Sorry. Oh, D- wait. MPJ and Jamal Murray are back. They're not back. Oh, they're not back. Oh, okay. <laughs> So for me, I'm going to say Warriors and six. Yeah, Warriors and six. Okay. argument there. Memphis and Minnesota. I think it's going to be Memphis, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Minnesota. You know what? I'm going to go Minnesota and seven. I'm going to say Minnesota and five. And five? What? Yeah. Really? I'm going bold. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna go bold for this one. You know what? You know what? Since you said that, I'm gonna say Memphis and five. I think oh. cat. I think cat's gonna shrink. I'm okay. such a. I'm such a cat hater. I'm such a cat hater. I don't trust yeah. that guy, man. I I expect cat to step up. At, wait, for once he needs to step that's a, up. That's a dangerous proposal. That's dangerous. I mean, he stepped up this game, so credit to him. Uh. Yeah, I'll stick with five. I was going to say six to give me some cushion, but I'll say five. That's, I'll say, that's bold. I'll, I'll, say Me- I'll say Memphis in six since they already, since Wolves already won this game. So it'll probably be a six game series. I don't mm-hmm. think 
I don't think Memphis can win both games in, in Minnesota. Okay. Maybe I'll say Minnesota in six then. Okay. <laughs> so right. so it gives me cushion. All uh-huh. right. We're moving on to the Eastern, though. Miami and Atlanta. I want to say Atlanta. I don't like this Heat team very much. At all. Oh, really? I actually like this Heat team. I'm not a big, I'm not a big Heat I'm not a big heat, this this version of the Heat team. I uh, I love I honestly I love Trey Young. Like I just I I just think he's so brilliant on offense that he can slice up this defense. Mm. And like you know, whenever they play Tyler Heroes, like Trey Young's like come come, come get, get get me on him, get me on. Him. <laughs> it's time to eat. This one I might go like it might be a long series in my opinion. I'm gonna say Miami and. Seven, naturally. Okay, you know what? I'll go the other way. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Hawks and six. I don't think they win Game Seven in Miami. That's why. Mm, I see. Yeah, understandable. All right. Here's the Philly and Toronto. Oh, I thought you were gonna go Boston and Nets first, but uh, then... oh, I'm just going off of what NBA.com has. Okay, so Philly and Toronto. <sighs> I want to pick the Raptors. I know the I know the Sixers won this one. I think the Raptors are going to win this one at six. Hmm. I might have to say Philly and six. Philly and six. Actually, okay. maybe Philly and seven. Actually, because those Toronto games might be a little tricky. Uh, Toronto at home games. I mean, I I think it has to be six. Oh, Toronto and six. It has to be Toronto and six because I don't think they win. You know, seven in Philly, although last year didn't matter. So yeah, I I think they like seeing just how poorly like Joel B played. Like I think that's gonna be a thing because while they don't have a guy to guard Joel B, they have a bunch of like they have a bunch of small ball fives basically. There's it's so much length, and I think that bothers him. And it's gonna have you're gonna have to rely on Harden and Maxi to do a lot of it and to you know abuse that double team. I have no trust in Harden. I, I like Maxi. I don't know if he's ready yet. I mean, granted, this game he was great, but like Harden. I mean, if you want to like put a bet on Harden, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's why I'm going with Philly and seven because this it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty back and forth. I'd say James Harden was six for seventeen this game. Yeah. I mean, four for seven but, from three. That's something. I mean, like I said. They're not gonna shoot 16 threes ever, <laughs> probably for the rest of the series. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right, Milwaukee and Chicago. You know, I'm not even gonna bother trying to be cute with this one. Uh, Bucks and four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Bucks and five. Maybe Chicago will slip in one win, but. Yeah, who were kidding? <laughs> yeah, probably game three in Chicago. Like, but you know, they I mean, like, I know DeMar DeRozan's been amazing. Just put Drew Holiday on him. <laughs> then it's game over. <laughs> uh yeah. So yeah. You for four Bucks yeah. You say Bucks and four, I say Bucks and five. To be fair, Vucevic guarded Giannis pretty well a few years ago. Maybe That's there's something few, there. That's a few years ago though. This is now. I, I mean, granted, like <laughs> Giannis, I mean, Giannis has been better, but like Vooch, Vooch is still good. Like, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. His defense is still kind of on and off for me. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to trust it too much. So, yeah, you shouldn't. 
It's yeah. not, he's not good defensively. But granted, like, if you just have him guard Giannis and just focus on Giannis, that's fine. It's just that the rim, when you talk about rim protection and stuff like that, that's not Vooch. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, going off our last game, Boston and Brooklyn. This is a tough one. I'm going to say Brooklyn and six. Because Boston doesn't have Robert Williams, and that's going to be a big thing. We'll just see. The, the issue is, again, Brooklyn, the Nets' defense is absolute dog shit. And, like, you know, Tatum Tatum and Brown are going to slice that shit up. It's just mm-hmm. more about are they going to be able to stop the Nets for, for enough possessions for it to matter. Yeah, uh, this one's tough for me. Boston has been pulling back in the regular season pretty well. Uh, oh, they've been amazing. Like, talk yeah. about a second uh, second half tournament. They've basically been the best team in the league in, in the second half of the season. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, uh, yeah, this one's tough. Out, out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Brooklyn and I would say Brooklyn in six too. Okay. I mean, there's all there's all the there's all the like like I shit on Tatum too much a lot, but like I think he's he's not at Durant's level. He's about a step below. And like again, the the, the Nets don't play any defense, and like you know if they if they just play enough defense and like Tatum and Brown can just go off, like they have a huge they they should actually be favored in the series actually. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see how Boston's defense will fare off because they're pretty good themselves, and they could probably maintain, uh, you know, the rest of the uh, Brooklyn team other than Durant and Kyrie. Other than that, yeah, it's going to have to come down to Kyrie or uh, Durant to uh, carry the weight. Okay, well that's well that's all for our uh, series prediction. Anything else you want to quickly go over? If not, I will. We'll be well. That's this will be the end of the episode. I was gonna say something, but it just had a huge break for it. Uh, I don't think so. So far, like you said, no news really for the Kings. Uh, from what I've read from Southtown Royalty, if you still read that, I mean, seems like Monty is looking for more shooters for some reason, which I mean, he should. He should. Yeah, because this team has no space. Uh. Yeah, other than that, I mean, we're still waiting to see what the offseason comes for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, no news on what p- uh, potential coaches are than rumors. And uh, yeah, well, I guess that's about it. Uh, well, the playoffs will come fast and furious, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> But unfortunately, the Kings news will be a little bit slower, but we will be here to recap, try to recap as much as uh, we can about it. Uh, oh, one more thing I want to quickly bring up. So apparently the Matisse Dybul vaccination thing uh, is not that he's un- is not that he's unvaccinated. He did get one shot. He just doesn't want to get the second shot. And Toronto requires you to have both shots to, to be able to play. It's just honestly kind of a weird rule, but whatever. Yep. So I just want to clear that up. I, I should. I should have. I should have. Re- I should have gotten. Yeah. I should have cleared up that part like on the last episode, but I didn't know at the time. So just wanted to correct myself. Yeah, I, I, I actually never heard of anyone just getting the first shot and never getting the second. To be honest, Stephen A has a hilarious uh, rant on it 
where basically he's just <laughs> basically he says the dumbest thing he's ever heard but <laughs> uh yeah so yes i just want to correct it there other than that i got nothing else you got anything else you want to quickly go no no okay well thank you guys for listening to this episode we'll be coming back to you guys probably uh early next week yep i guess we'll see you guys later